it is good to be here tonight. Uh, just, uh, Angie said that uh, y'all would have to listen to me, but I would have to, I'll be able to hear myself a whole lot better being as I have my hearing aids in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I told her that was a good one. So uh, I hear myself a lot louder than y'all hear me. Just believe that. Uh, so anything that I say that might strike a nerve with you, it's going to get me doubled. Um, but uh, anyway, we look forward to it. As I was looking on the back of Lila had done, fixed out an outline, and I do apologize, I don't have any of it or put on the screen, but uh, uh, I'm not too savvy at that kind of stuff either. So, uh, But the topic of the lesson tonight, actually I didn't have a topic until I got here and I got to thinking about it and I said, oh, I need a title. Uh, but what I want to look at tonight is two aspects of the Spirit of God. Uh, and when I say that, uh, I want to look at the fruit of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit, or gifts of the Spirit. And not so much looking at the Spirits themselves uh, for the fruit of the Spirit, uh, or even the the gifts of the Spirit as far as dealing with them particularly, but just how they uh, affect you and I as a child of God. You, you know, Wednesday night is, uh, you can pretty much know that most everyone here tonight is a born-again believer, loves the Lord, and, and tries to serve Him. And, and the Spirit plays a great part in that service uh, to Christ. And we want to look at some things here tonight. But we want to use Galatians chapter 5. When you think of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, you automatically think of Galatians chapter 5, or that's where most everybody goes to. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 and 23. And then uh, you can turn over to Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 9. But in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and verse 23, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Now you can flip over to Ephesians chapter 5, and you'll notice in verse 9, <coughs> Verse 9 of chapter 5, it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. And then it mentions righteousness and truth. If you, between those two passages of scriptures, there's 11 different fruits that it mentions in these two passages of scripture. Now, on the outside, on the outset of the lesson tonight, I do have to confess as well, just like Pastor John did last week, a lot of my outline came from Dr. Wilmington's Guide Through the Bible. And I did not go after last Wednesday night and, and start studying this from his, from his Guide Through the Bible. Actually, I run across this as we were doing homework from FBI, as I was reading through, and we had numerous pages that we had to read through. But I seen this, and it caught my attention, fruit. 
And I said, that'd be a good Bible study. That'd be a good lesson. Uh, so actually, I had been studying it even before Pastor John even mentioned to me about speaking tonight. So just pray for me that the Lord would use this to just strengthen us and encourage us and what this, the part the Spirit plays in our life. Let's go to the Lord in just a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Lord, I do ask you tonight, Lord, that, uh, Lord, there's been many, 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 many prayer requests made mention, and Father, we will pray for those in, in a little bit. But Father, we do want to remember them. And Father, we do pray that you would just, uh, Lord, be with us here tonight. Uh, Lord, we pray that you just bless our time together. Lord, help us, Lord, as we look into your word this evening. Lord, help us to see the truths that you would have us to see. Lord, in regards to the Spirit of God. Lord, and what part it plays in our lives as a, as a born-again believer. Now, Father, we thank you. We love you. And, Lord, we just pray you just bless our time now. In your name we ask it. Amen. Amen. The fruits of the Spirit that we just read here, uh, you know, interesting enough, uh, this passage of Scripture is uh, on the spirits. They're not limited to what is mentioned here in these passages of Scripture. Uh, one might ask the question, well, why, why do you say that? Or what do you mean about that? Well, to answer that question, we need to answer another question. And the other question is, what is the fruit of the Spirit? What is the fruit of the Spirit? Now, y'all keep your Bibles handy. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture, and uh, we'll see what the Lord has for us. But in Romans chapter 6, and in verse 22, Romans, uh, Paul writing here, he says, But now being made free from sin... And become servants to God, ye had your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. We know because of Jesus Christ and what he, the price that he paid on the cross of Calvary, we have been made free of sin. We have been uh, allowed to accept Christ as our personal Savior, and because of that, we have the fruit of holiness. You know, First Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 and, chapter, and verse 16 says, But as he, as he which hath called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Holiness is, and we realize as, as human beings, uh, we understand that our righteousness, our holiness, we can't muster it up within ourselves. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of an almighty God, and that is so very true. But it's because of righteousness, not our righteousness, but his righteousness, that we are able to call him Father. And he tells us that we need to live holy, be holy. Our, let our acts be holy. The things that we do, let them be holy. And in Romans chapter 7 and verse 4, it says, Wherefore, my brethren, 
Ye also are become dead to the law of the body by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. The Lord saved us when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He planted within us. He gave us, and we'll look at more, a little more about that here in just a little bit. But fruits, particular things that we need to use in our life to serve Him. And as we think about that, Colossians chapter 1 and, and, and verse 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. When you think about the fruits of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, there's basically um, two particular categories that they fall into. One is the outer fruit. Now, what do I mean by outer fruit? Outer fruit is the righteous acts that we do. Now, we realize apart from Christ and Holy Spirit living within us, there's nothing that we can do that would be righteous. But the righteous acts that we do, you being here tonight is uh, uh, to, to serve Christ, to be a part of the service is a righteous act. And that, you know, how do you know when there's a righteous act? A righteous act is basically an outworking of one's faith that we have put in Jesus Christ. Not only that is it an outworking, but you know what? They're visible. They're visible. You know, the Bible tells us we can't, we don't know the man's heart. But the Bible also tells us that we can be fruit inspectors. How does our life match up to the to living for Christ. Can people see Christ living within us? Can people tell that there's a difference in us just by the way we live? How is that righteous act that we... Turn, uh, turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 1. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 1 is very famous. We all know the passage of Scripture well. But in Psalms chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, sinners nor standeth in the seat, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his, his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The fruit that we have that we can portray in our life is all because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And it says there, and this is a powerful passage of Scripture, when you look at it and you read it, you know, how many uh, times I, I thought about this as I was reading and studying but it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, I thought about Lot. Lot was a just man. But where did you find Lot? Sitting at the gate of Sodom. 
Lot was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. Lot was a just man. He was saved, but he was he he, he was setting. He was he was uh, he, he, he was setting in the council of the ungodly, and I, not only that, he was standing in the way of sinners, because people didn't see any difference in his life. Lot tells us a lot, but in verse two it says, "But his delight, or our delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night." Do we meditate on uh, the Word of God? Do we read God's Word regularly and not only read it, but study it and meditate upon it and let it speak to us? It's so very important that we spend time in the Word. Not only that, not only is it an outworking or the righteous acts that we do that's important, but the primary function of the Spirit of God in our life is to win souls, is to be a soul winner. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30 says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is what? Wise. He is wise. The person that winneth souls is wise. You know, witnessing to someone is not an easy task. Uh, what is the number one reason that we don't witness? Anybody got any idea? Fear. Fear, huh? Fear, right, Jerry? <laughs> Fear of being rejected. That is, that, that's, that's true. But turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 we know the story that you see in, in John chapter 4 of Jesus when he met the woman at the well. You know, Jesus met her at her need. She was thirsty. She came there to the well to draw water. She was thirsty. He told her, he said, I'll give you living water. And she was puzzled by that. Through and you, you know this story very well. And eventually, Jesus met the woman where she was at. And that's really what we need to do. And when we witness the people, we just need to meet them where we're at. We can't change their circumstances. We can't change what's going on in their life. Uh, the life that this woman at the well was living was an immoral life. She knew it because when she accepted Christ, where did she go? Back to the men and brought them in and told them. So what did she tell them? Come see a man that told me all that I'd ever done. So winning souls, and if you look at the latter part of that in verse 34, Jesus said unto them, speaking to his disciples, because when his disciples returned, they were puzzled by why Jesus would be there talking of the woman of Samaritan. Well, the Jews had no dealings with them. But Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know, because they had gone into town to buy meat. But Jesus said there in verse 32, I have meat to eat that you know not of. So it's wherefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him? Ought to eat. 
And Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And we know, again, the story. The lady went back to the town and brought all of those folks to Jesus that day. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and he that uh, gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that hath he that soweth, and he that reapeth, and may rejoice together. There are some that sow, there are some that, that reap. And herein is this saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whatsoever bestow no labor. Other men labor, and ye are entered into their labors. But Christ was there to do the work of the Father in winning souls for others. Those outer fruits of righteous living and that outer fruit of winning souls, uh, it, it, it speaks volumes uh, to what we as God's children should be doing. But also there's the inner fruit. The inner fruit, those things that we have within ourselves. Again, back to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, where it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Have you ever read that passage of Scripture and you looked at those, uh, those fruits of the Spirit and you'll say to think to yourself, oh, well, I don't really have any trouble with love. Um, joy, maybe. Peace. Uh, long-suffering. Eh. You know, I try to be long-suffering with those around me. Gentleness, goodness, faith. Do we, we try to, sometimes we categorize those things as parts of our life, as things in our life. And, and truthfully, that's not the way it should be. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 9, again, for the fruit of the Spirit in, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You know, when you think about the fruits of the Spirit, there's, there's much that could be said. And, and again, I, I, I don't want to try to dwell on the fruit itself. Uh, but one, I, want, I want to shift gears just a little bit now to another work that takes place in your life and mine, and that is of the gift of the Spirit. Um, what's the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit? Um, Dr. Wilmington, uh, uh, again, had a good illustration that gives us the differences between the two. Now, just, just listen to this. Upon salvation, the believer is ushered into both an orchard and a vineyard. It says, then the official name of the orchard is the gifts of spirit or orchard. Upon entering in, the believer sees 18 apples or gifts hanging from each tree. 
The Holy Spirit then selects several apples or gifts and gives them to the believer. Then the name of the vineyard is the fruit of the Spirit vineyard. Upon entering in, the believer sees 11 grapes hanging from each cluster of the vine. The Holy Spirit then selects an entire cluster and gives it to the believer. In other words, the believer receives some of the apples, but all of the grapes. We receive some gifts, but all the fruit of the Spirit. This is why Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, you look at it, it says the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say fruits. It says the fruit, because all of those fruits, all of those individual things within that falls under the fruit of the Spirit. And when we typically look at that, we, we, we try to separate those things. But in, in reality, it is the fruit of the Spirit. The spiritual gifts. Now, uh, again, time just, just doesn't permit it, nor do I want to try to get into the works of the gifts of the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. There's so many gifts that were given uh, at, 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 on the day of Pentecost that have been done away with uh, as of right now. But the, we know that those spiritual gifts that were given, uh, there, there's so many of them that we could uh, mention, uh, but we don't, we're not going to just get into the different aspects of those gifts tonight. Do we know what our spiritual gifts are? Do you know what your spiritual gift is as a child of God? How can I know what my spiritual gift is? Which of those apples, if you would, did the Holy Spirit pick and give to you? There are six suggestions from Scripture that can be used in answering this question about what gifts we may have or how do we know what gifts we had. Uh, things that we need to do to know what spiritual gifts we have and how to put them to use in our life. Romans chapter 12, you can turn there if you would like. Romans chapter 12, verses 11, or excuse me, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It takes total dedication to God for those gifts of the spirits that Holy Spirit gave you and I at the moment that we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. It takes that dedication to God for those fruits, for us to see those fruits. And verse 2 says this, And be not condemned, conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know what God's will is in your life or for those spirits, that gifts that he's given you? Uh, you can't do that and be buddies with the world, rub elbows with the world. 
We have to be separated. We have to be dedicated. We have to serve Christ. Uh, We're not trying to make it as though it's a miserable life because it's not. You know, God may not reveal his gifts unto us until we surrender our will to him. Are we totally dedicated to God? The other thing that we can see, the second thing is Bible study. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 14 through 17. If you'd like to turn over there, you may. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 14 through 17. Verse 14 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make one wise unto salvation through faith, which is in in Christ Jesus. And in verse 16, again, a very familiar passage of scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that... The man of God, or you and I, as a child of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How much time do we spend studying God's Word? You know, I thank God uh, that uh, I try to teach. Because if I didn't spend, if I didn't teach, I wouldn't spend time in the Word. I I just wouldn't. And as bad a job as I do sometimes, it's not because of a lack of spending time in the Word. It's so, it's so important that we do that. What's the third thing that we can do? Prayer. How much time do we spend in prayer? Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10 says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that seeketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. For he that for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. In James 1, 5, it says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth unto all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. How's our prayer life? How much time do we spend in prayer? You know something else that uh, God uses in our life sometimes as a way of knowing what our gifts are? And that's evaluation of other people. You know sometimes those who uh, know us best, parents, teachers, friends, spouses, Christian leaders, you know, they may recognize our spiritual gifts even before we do. They may, understand, they may see them. They may know them. They may be able to help us. An encouraging word. Number five is desire. You know, First uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Do we have a zeal or desire to teach? 
exhort, if so, this may be a strong indication of a gift. And what about ability? Do we make ourselves available? How many times um, do we use the excuse, well, I can't do that? Um, what about in witnessing to someone? I, you know, I, 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 I can't talk to somebody about the Lord. You know, um, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 12, and as well as in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verses 8 and 9, in both of those passages of Scripture, in, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 12, God gave Moses the ability to do that which he had assigned him them to do, him to do. The same way of Jeremiah. He gave them the ability. In Exodus chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Now therefore, I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. You know, sometimes I think uh, we, we remember Moses. He had to go to the backside of the desert for 40 years for God to deal with him, to work on his heart get him to a point that he could lead the nation of Israel out of bondage. And so many times I feel like Moses. I can't do that. I can't speak. I can't do that. But if we put forth the effort, he tells Moses, I will be thy, with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 8, and nine says, be not afraid of their faces. Whoa, sometimes you stand up here and you look at people and they look just totally miserable. Now, at least you're smiling. It made you laugh anyway. But people scare you. I mean, you can get, you can get intimidated very easily depending on the crowd of people you're in. And a lot of times when you're witnessing to someone, it's that intimidation from them to you that creates the fear of sharing God's word with someone. Fear is real. Fear is a big thing. And fear is something that we need to have. And Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9 says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, what he did for Jeremiah, and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Do you know Christ can put his words in your mouth? All we have to do is be a willing vessel. What is it that God wants you to do? How are we supposed to know what it is that we're supposed to do? You know, if you uh, have a gift, use it. Practice it. Pra you know the old saying, practice makes perfect? Well, Dr. Wilmington shared a personal testimony, if you will, uh, 
I, I mean, if you read, if you look at, get one of his books and just look at it and read, you'll see what a wise man he truly was. But he, he wrote this, and I'm just going to read it to you as if, if I'll be done. But it says, practicing your spiritual gift, whatever your spiritual gift may be. He says, after 16 years in the pastorate, I began enjoying or employing my gift of teaching as a dean at, of the Bible College, Bible Institute on the campus of Liberty University. He says, frankly, it was an, not an easy transition to make. I soon realized that my greatest need for a teacher or a, was practice, practice, and more practice. If I was to stir up the gift that God had given me, that he had, that had been placed within me, thus he did this, and I thought this was just absolutely amazing. He said, for the greater part of two years, I scheduled an adult Bible class each night of the week in five different cities located in three different states in addition to teaching my class during the day. My weekly schedule looked like this. On Monday, I drove to Roanoke, Virginia, 120 miles round trip. On Tuesday, I drove to Richmond, Virginia, 220 miles round trip. On Wednesday, I drove to Greensboro, North Carolina, 230 miles round trip. On Thursday, I drove to Harrisonburg, Virginia, 210 miles round trip. On Friday, I drove to Martinsburg, West Virginia, 420 miles round trip. That's a lot of miles in a week. Said many felt this schedule was ill-advised. If not downright foolish, looking back years later, I would agree. But I also can testify that as a result of the busy days and the weary nights, I learned to teach. I learned to teach. What he's saying is it just takes, we have to be committed to it. We have to be committed to using the, the gifts that God has given us and doing the work that he has called us to do. You know, God doesn't... Uh, uh, I've said this in Sunday school class many, 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 many times. God doesn't give us or save us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. He doesn't leave us here just to leave us here. He leaves us here for a reason, and that is to share him with others. We need to be a witness. We need to have those righteous acts in our life. We need to be soul winning. We need to be... Uh, letting those fruit of the Spirit, those 11 items. By the way, did you notice those 11 cluster of grapes were all 11 of those spiritual fruits? And we need to apply those things in our life. We need not look at them as individual. They're all collected together, and we need to focus on them that way. So let's just ask God to help us in doing what he has called us to do. All righty, anybody else have a prayer request? Yes. Really jealous when people make 
That's right. I did hear that. I did hear that. Anybody else? Anybody else? If not, I'm going to ask Darren, if you would, to open our prayer time tonight. Inspect, would you close? 